to Genesis chapter 29, verse 35. We're going to look at praising the Lord this morning. It's a long subject. It's it, it, in, if you, uh, I wanted to preach from Revelations. I'll preach from Revelations tonight, which is going to be short because we're already in the back of the book. But when you talk about praising the Lord, there's over 250 verses in Scripture that command us to praise the Lord. Not necessarily command, exalt, uh, uh, exemplify to us to praise the Lord. Over 250 verses. Some say that praising the Lord is the most common command in Scripture, the most prevalent command in Scripture, the most prevalent practice documented in Scripture is praising the Lord. Yet we don't read much about it. We don't hear much about it. Praising the Lord has a couple of different examples. In the, the term praise the Lord explicitly in that form shows up 32 times in Scripture, one for each day of the month. The first time is in Genesis 29.35, and that's where we'll start. Genesis 29.35. And it's about Leah and her, her marriage to Jacob. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, and he, and he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren, and Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, Surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, Because the Lord hath heard that I was hated, he hath therefore given me his son also, and she called his name Simon. And she conceived again and bare a son, and said, Now this time will, I, will my husband be joined unto me, because I have borne him three sons. Therefore was his name called Levi. And she conceived again and bare a son, and now I will praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah, Judah and, left, and left bearing. She conceived and bare a son, hated, therefore given a son, looked upon. In verse 29, let's go. And Laban gave Rachel his daughter and his handmaid to be hers. And she said, praise ye the Lord. So we see here an example of things not going well for somebody and they praise the Lord. That's not a reason why we should praise the Lord. Uh, it's easy to praise the Lord when things are going great. You know, we we don't bother, we don't mind holler and praise the Lord when uh, when we win the lottery, so to speak. Uh, although I had a lady once in church that did that, and she said, "I says, how much money did you spend?" She won four hundred dollars, and I says, "I bet you spent more than four hundred dollars in a praise service for the Lord." Uh, she said. Uh, I says, I bet you spent more than $400 before you won that. And she was a new Christian. And her, she says, no, no. And her husband's sitting back there going, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but it's easy to praise the Lord when things are going your way. It's easy to praise the Lord when circumstances are going right. But here we have a lady that entered into a union with a, uh, a, a man of God, uh, a young man of God, 
and in the time and the day, there was competition in those realms where there probably shouldn't have been. And she, uh, she was coming up short. She was, ha- she was having a hard struggle. But yet she praised the Lord, and he gave her not one son, but three. And the Lord blessed that union and blessed those people. And he can bless each one of us. Now, you say that's an Old Testament thing, Pastor. You know, we're living in New Testament times. Well, we're living in biblical times is what we're living in. Uh, There's not much difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament as far as what God's concerned. It's just what's happened with us. He he entered into a new covenant, uh, but he didn't enter into a new time frame. Uh, I... uh, I'd like to point your attention to Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. Go to Acts chapter 16. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and then Romans. Acts chapter 16. We looked at this portion of Scripture just not too long ago. Acts 16. 16. And we have the story of Paul and Silas in prison. And it came to pass, we went to prayer a certain damsel, no, that's Acts 16, 16, through 40. Then they followed Paul, showed up, yep, this is where they take the, the uh, okay, I'll read it, 16, 16. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. She was a prophetess. She was a uh She'd tell the future. The, the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, This man, these men are ser- servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out. The same hour, and when the masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, the soothsayer was no longer uh, under the oppression or the possession of the devil. Paul and Silas drew them onto the marketplace, onto the rulers. They took Paul and Silas onto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, "These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans." A little bit like Bible thumpers and gun-toting Bible thumpers. Or what do they call them? Deplorables? They were deplorables. And the multitude rose up together then, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison. And at night, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. The rest of the story, the keeper of the prison awakened out of his sleep, seeing the prison doors were open. Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, and brought them out. The prisoner eventually, the jailer brought him out of jail, dressed their wounds, and he himself and his family was baptized. That was the focus of our our message not too long ago about the prisoners. But you see, by praising the Lord, a very negative circumstance changed into good. But it did a change into good for Paul and Silas. Well, they got their wounds mended, 
and Paul eventually went on to went on in prison on his own accord and ended up on his death ended up where he died in front of Rome but the Lord used it for good and as he yielded to God in his life and as he praised the Lord for everything that took place in his life God was able to manage it and manage him in a very positive direction for the kingdom of heaven. And isn't that what we're supposed to be trying to do in our lives, is managing things for God, for the kingdom of heaven? So, the praising of God is nothing new. Why should we praise God? Let's read Psalms 150, verse 1. Psalms 150, verse 1. We'll probably be in Psalms for the rest of the morning. In fact, we're going to end up in Psalms 48, verses 1 and 2 in closing. But Psalms 150, verse 1. Psalms 150, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the tab, tab, yep, and dance. Praise him with the strings, instruments, and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything, psalterous that is, let, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. There is one example where we're commanded how many times? One, two, three, four, five, five times right there in Scripture to praise the Lord. When's the last time you praise the Lord? I remember one time we were having a church work day, and we were, we were, taking fluorescent lights out of the ceiling. It was an old 7-Up bottling plant we were remodeling into, a, into an auditorium. We heated it with wood the first year, had canvas tarps hanging up. Well, they were plastic tarps, most of them, hanging up to divide some of the rooms. And you thought you heard the Sunday school class here. It was really worse when you're talking a big empty cement room, uh, 60 by 90 cement room, with plastic tarps separating the Sunday school classes, and that was it. Things echoed even inside those little chambers. But we were taking down the fluorescent lights, much like these, only suspended from the ceiling and eight foot long, and we had a little scaffold we rented, and we got up there and picked up one end of the fluorescent light and unhooked it, and then somebody would pick up the other end, and we'd unhook it and bring it down. We came to one that was unusually heavy. There was no electricity in the building at that particular time that I'm describing. And uh, we unhooked one end of the fluorescent lights, I and another individual, and it was exceedingly heavy. We couldn't believe how overweight, how overweight it was. Yeah, this, 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 <laughs> besides me being overweight, how heavy it was. So we unhooked it, and it just kind of fell through our hands. And when it fell through our hands, out came the most magnificent flock of bats you've ever seen in your life. I mean, a big black cloud of bats come out and circled around in the auditorium, what was going to be the auditorium. Women were screaming. Kids were grabbing their heads and running out the doors. Finally, they found uh, one of the guys ran over and opened up a big garage door because it was a 7-Up bottling plant. It had big garage doors 
and opened up the garage door and this big stream of bats went on out. And the first thing Bill said it, I'll give him his credit. First thing he said was, Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm standing there, most of us are white and shock wondering, what good did he find out of that? And I said, Bill, what what's what's so great about that? He says, They're all gone, aren't they? <laughs> The Lord can work that those things out as you yield to him. Unfortunately, some of them did come back. We were plagued with bats for years. I was in that church just about eight months ago, and he says, I don't think we got any more any, any more left. <laughs> but it took 20 years to get rid of the bats in that place. But the Lord took and worked it for good. The Lord used it for good. And that's what he can do with our lives as we yield to him. That's why it's so unpopular to say, praise the Lord. Just try it in a room and see how quiet it gets. Just say it at lunchtime and see how quiet it gets. Just say it when people are all standing around and go, and uh, something happens great, like uh, the election goes your way. Praise the Lord. What happened? Now, if you take a mockery of it and say, oh, my God, you hear that all the time. And we have a thing in the Bible that talks about not using the what's the first commandment in Exodus chapter 22. Don't use the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Praise the Lord isn't using his name in vain. Oh my God. Can be and is now. I hear six-year-old kids using that terminology. I don't ever hear a six-year-old kid going around praise God. At least not in this church or other churches, uh, Pentecostal churches, you might. <laughs> That's one thing God blesses those people. I think he blesses that denomination because they take a little time and they have worship and praise services and they actually take a little time to exalt the, the ruler. Now, you don't have to be perfect to do that. We're going to go to another point in Psalms. The man who wrote it or God used to write it the man who God seemed fit to write most of it, was David. Was he perfect? No. And it says in Scripture he was a man after God's own heart, doesn't it? But he wasn't a long ways from perfect, but he loved the Lord. And he didn't hesitate to say, praise the Lord. It's all through Scripture, the portions he wrote. Do you know that he's credited, if you study music, appreciation, in even a secular form, in college, I took music appreciation in a secular college, and he uh, he's credited with inventing the guitar, the mandolin, the stringed instruments you hear mentioned in Scripture. He's the one who invented that stuff. Do you know why he invented it? Because he wanted to be a rock star? No, he invented it because he wanted to praise the Lord with more than just his voice and more than just his actions, because his actions and voice were pretty inadequate at times. He commanded men to be killed. He commanded a man to be murdered. He committed adultery. He betrayed his nation. He caused innocent death. They would have had a survey of his popularity. He bounced around about as much as Biden. 
only our president just kind of keeps rolling down. But he maintained his relationship with God to the best of his ability, and he kept coming back and exalting God as his Savior, his Redeemer, and as the perpetuation of everything he had. He wouldn't have had the kingdom if it weren't for God's promises. He was praising the God because he kept his word. I praise God because he keeps his word with me. I know I am saved. I know no matter what happens the rest of this week, I'm on my way to heaven. And I exalt that. I try to bring that to God's attention every once in a while and thank him for it. This holiday that just came through. Go back and shut me off for a second. I've been in long prayer about how to celebrate this holiday. Ben, when you come out of there, I'll know you've got me turned off. I wasn't happy with the situation, just like Paul and Silas, just like others, just like Leah, but yet he turned it into good. We're here, and it's been an answer to prayer. So I want to thank you people for your support, the opportunity to have Thanksgiving where we have it today. My family and I, no problem. Love you all for it. I don't hold anything. You guys, I'm happy that you guys had it at your house. The people in the country were way out in the country, the people in town, kind of how it worked out. That's cool. But we were all here. We all prayed. You all prayed. I'm glad we were all together for Thanksgiving in spirit and in truth. I couldn't share it with others if there wasn't a truth. So, we're back to praising God, gave you a little window in my life, and thanking God for the opportunity you gave me as your pastor to be here. We're going to be here for Christmas, too. You make your plans. See who you want to see. But I plan on being here for Christmas. Praise God. Praise God. He'll work it out. If you're uncomfortable where you're at now for Thanksgiving, or were, <laughs> he'll work it out if you yield to him. And let him work things out in your life. You'll have a wonderful Christmas as you yield your life to Christ. So in Psalms, We'll read 150, verse 1. We'll read 127, verse 6. And uh, why we are to praise God, Psalms 150, verse 1. We won't be too long here. Psalms 150, verse 1. Well, we hit that, didn't we? Okay, then let's go on to uh, the next strongest portion of Scripture I found. was 127.6, Psalms 127.6. Not too far. These pages are thin in the Psalms. You know, the Psalms is the longest book in the Bible. And do you know it's the center of your Bible? And do you know what the center of Psalms is? It's Psalms 119. Psalms 119 is all about God's Word. And that's what we're looking at this morning. In Psalms 127, verse 6, 
Thank you, uh, Mr. Belcom, for reading that. Brother Russell, will you read 127, verse 6 for us, please? Well, it'd be kind of a trick, wouldn't it? Yeah. Man, see, when the devil, I wrote this this morning, and I had all kinds of verses all there. But uh, the devil doesn't want me to go there again. Well, let's go to Hebrews, because all I was trying to do is to point out another psalm that was companion to 151 in those regards, another verse. But you can go preach your Old Testament. You're kind of all you're giving me was Old Testament. Paul and Silas, yeah, they were saints of God. And uh, let's go to a New Testament verse that commands us to praise the Lord. And I think I got it right now. Let's try Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. New Testament, Hebrews 13:15. Brother Russell, I'm going to keep you on the spot for a minute. Yes, please. Amen. Thank you for reading that for me. New Testament. By him, continually give thanks. Now, if you didn't thank the Lord for your Thanksgiving dinner or the heartburn you got afterwards, shame on you. We, uh, we need to be able to recognize what the day's about and keep that as focus for our day. If you're not having your Thanksgiving meal where you can't pray out loud and praise the Lord, perhaps you should look at having your Thanksgiving meal somewhere else. There's a real popular saying uh, called, What Would Jesus Do? WW, What Would Jesus Do? JD. But I like to think of, rather, what would praise God? I can't do what Jesus would do all the time. It's, it's kind of a nice thought. I'm not going to condemn it completely, but there's no way I can do what, what Jesus would do. I can't multiply my money, let alone fishes. But... Uh, I think what would praise God would be more of a pop, more of a precept to kind of follow. So what would praise God at your house next Thanksgiving? What will praise God at your house at Christmas? What would praise God each morning when you got up? What would praise God before you ate your dinner this evening? In the Bible and Scripture, it tells us to praise the Lord three times a day. It doesn't say, and it's implying morning, evening, and night in Psalms. I got a good cover for that. I like to pray before I eat. If you need the verse, I'll find it for you. But we're to praise God, and I like to pray before I eat, period. I can sit in a restaurant in a strange town, and tell what kind of Christian community it is by the people I see fold their hands once before a meal. I know it's hot. I know we're getting finished. But that's uh, kind of the point for this, this morning. I want us to praise the Lord in truth and in heart. One should not follow www. 
JD or WWJD, but rather obey what it would take to praise God. Psalms 48, 1 and 2 is where we'll finish. Have you ever sung this? I preached this once at the, I want to say San Quentin. I preached it at a real popular prison in uh, Texas where they still do electrocutions. What's the name of that prison? They call them electric chairs still there, and they still execute up to 30 people a year at that prison. It's in Ellsworth, Texas. No, Yeah, it's a big prison. Preached it there. Told the men, you ought to try singing Psalms 48, 1 and 2. Preached it to men on death row. Psalms 48, 1 and 2. I says, I can't give you no key to get out of here. I can't give you no way to escape. But I says, I can give you a psalm that you can praise the Lord with. And he'll make it all good. He'll make it turn out for you one way or the other. And uh, had a guy come up to me two years later, same prison. He's on death row. And he quoted me, Psalms 48, 1 and 2. And it was a blessing. And he says, it's been a blessing to me. They've stayed my execution three times. He did what he did, and he knew he deserved it, but the Lord's given him some extra time because he's praised him. I'm standing here today on borrowed time. Most of us, if we were truthful with God, know we're on borrowed time. Psalms 48, 1 and 2 is one of the reasons. I've sang, I've sang this song in a foxhole. I've sung this song when my children were born. I sang this song on uh, breakfast one week, last one day last week. Praise the Lord. See how far it'll take you. Give him some recognition in your life for the things that are happening. It's praise God. Let's so let's all stand and we'll sing Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Mrs. Anania, do you got a tune for this? We've sung it before here. I thought Thanksgiving would be a nice time to introduce it to our guests and people we have, company and friends, people that are like-minded, shouldn't be offended at your attitude of praising the Lord. And it'd be something nice you can take home. I sang this one time when I drug a body out of a van that was upside down in a snowbank. But I had more gratitude because it wasn't a human body. It was a full-size doll <laughs> that I grabbed by the arm and took and pulled out of this out of the van. Man, it was just it was great. But I've sung it in good times and in bad. And if you could get the courage to praise the Lord, no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what you're facing through the rest of the day or the week, he'll be with you. He'll keep an eye on you. He'll help you. Let's sing. <laughs>